Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Now let's get started. Friday night. Friday night. Y'all ready for this? Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. And now, from the Palatial Bob and Sherry Studios on this fabulous Friday, it's. And Sherry. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Bob and Sherry Show. We're going to start a little bit differently today by talking about the murder trial, some people are saying, of the century. I thought it was O.J. Simpson, but I guess depending on where you live. The last it's, century. It, that was the last. Oh, that's, so that's true. This century. Yeah, so this it could is. be. You're right. The murder trial of this century. You're exactly right. Thank you, Max. Uh, the Murdoch trial, of course. Now, some folks have been following it every single day. And, you know, there, there are podcasts, radio broadcasts, television broadcasts, live uh, in the courtroom and all. Whereas other folks, it's it's been just kind of uh, drive-by listening. So if you're one of the latter, 2020 on ABC tonight is going to have uh, one of their fantastic 2020 investigative report shows. So that will probably tie it up for you, all the different loose ends, who's who, and so on and so forth. Uh, this is a little bit of the sound in the courtroom. It's been a long trial, hasn't it? On June 7th, 2021, at the Moselle property in Colleton County, Maggie Murdoch and Paul Murdoch were brutally and maliciously murdered at the kennels by Alec Murdoch. Paul, as you know, suffered two shotgun blasts. Maggie suffered five blackout rifle wounds. And after an exhaustive investigation, there is only one person who had the motive, who had the means, who had the opportunity commit these crimes, and also whose guilty conduct after these crimes betrays him. The defendant was the one person who was living a lie. The defendant is the person on which a storm was descending, and the defendant is a person where his own storm would actually mean consequences for Maggie and Paul, and consequences for those who trusted him. Now, the whole country is following Whew. this story. The entire country is. But if you live in the low country of South Carolina, this is the biggest thing to happen since oysters. Everyone is talking about it. And I ran into a woman who works for a uh, car rental dealership. And uh, she just said, I just can't. I just I just can't believe what's going on. And I know he's guilty. I know he's guilty. No two ways about it. And let me tell you another thing. This is out of the blue. She, she started the conversation to me. She said, let me tell you another thing. He didn't do it himself because he's a coward. He did it by hiring hitmen, two hitmen to do it. He, what, he, if he was there, 
okay, he was there, but he did not actually do it. He's too much of a coward. I went, wow. Mm. Um, I guess I've heard that from other people. And then she said, now I'm going to make up a name, but I'm going to tell you exactly her connection to knowledge. And this is a person who lives near uh, Beaufort, South Carolina. My brother-in-law has a second cousin, Ha Ha, who works <laughs> for that family. And he's watched them for years. I said, who is it? My brother-in-law's second cousin. And he says uh-huh. that, that that man has been up to no good, and he has always been a liar, a controlling, and let me tell you what, he's a lawyer. He knows how to lie. I mean, people are fired up. The local uh, newspaper, the Island Packet, front page every day, probably for the last three or four months, F- front page, just about every single day. It's it's. Bob. It, 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 it itself, it's a movie. It's, I mean, I, this is going to be a, a, a theatrical release movie, but just what it has done to the area is a story unto itself. I am so disappointed in Alec Murdoch, and here's why. While he was out there checking Paw Paw and Ring Ring and, and all of that, he left off four people, and that is. Dipsy, Tinky, Lala, and Poe. He he name checked everything right. goofy except for the right. Teletubbies. It was yeah, insane. You're right. Let me say we've got the People's Movie Critic coming up with Cocaine Bear today. That's going to be exciting. Comedian Mike James. The Bob and Sherry box office and more. This is Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. So we were just talking about the Murdoch murder child. And and Bob was saying that where he lives, it's all anyone can talk about. It's dominating U.S. news coverage. It's all over every one of my feeds. And so I wondered, are people in other parts of the world paying attention to this trial? And the answer is yes. The BBC is covering this big time. And that's the the first place I looked because, of course, you know, like, I don't speak Portuguese, so I couldn't really look at the local Portugal news. But the BBC right. says that um, the the Murdoch trial is because that family dominated the low country of South Carolina for more than a century. It is the single biggest case in anyone in South Carolina's lifetime. And then they broke it all down. What happened, what he's accused of, um, what his... Uh, defenses, what the prosecution says. The BBC took a look at what Murdoch testified to on the stand. And I'm assuming they had to bring in translators because a lot of, <laughs> a lot of us were like, what? Well, I'm sorry, what did he just say? So the BBC said that, um, and, and it was interesting, they're not in our legal system, but the reporter said, Testifying in his own defense was an incredibly risky move for Alec Murdoch. And that they talked about how in the U.S. you very seldom see people take the stand in their own defense. And then they talked about how he said that he was at the dog kennels that night shortly before the murders, that he had lied multiple times. He admitted to stealing from clients for years and years and years to fund his Um, drug problem. And then my favorite part of it was when the BBC explained what he meant by mags and pawpaw. I thought I was going to fall off the couch. (laughs) 
Let me, can I, can I jump in here for a second? Please do. Um, oh, please yeah. do. I, I'll tell you why the BBC and people in Great Britain are following this, this closely. It's because it is such an example of a cartoonish look at the American South. Buford, South Carolina is a sophisticated, upscale place. But this is outside of there. This is in a very rural part of South Carolina where there's not much going on industry-wise. And you do have the accents and you do have the pawpaws and all of these things that the British people, especially the upper crust British people, just think is hysterical. This is such an American cartoon because people who have never been to America, they think America is New York City, Disneyland in California, Texas and the Old South. You know, that, that's kind of what they what what they think. They love the cliches. And this is filled with cliches to say nothing of, about the horror of a murder story, a murder mystery. That's the fascin. If this took place. In um, let me let me see. In Montana, if this if this took place in Montana, it wouldn't in a small town. It would not get the same sort of. Interest I disagree. I around totally the disagree. World. Here's now, why I, I think dis- part of it's nope. that southern thing. It is. Here's why as I disagree. Cliche as it is, if this had taken place in Montana, this would be the story of a cowboy dynasty. And it, they would have the Western accents and the cowboy hats and the and the Western cattle range, you know. They'd say uh, just like Yellowstone. Yeah. This okay, would, let me take it out of Montana then and put it somewhere, Akron, Ohio. If this were Akron, Bob, Ohio, just, it would not have the same appeal for people to follow it. I just don't know that I agree. I mean, you have a family that has held sway over a community for more than 100 years. And the and the crime itself is so lurid. It's like a Coen Brothers movie. I know. Take out take out Mags and Paul Paul and the Ringy Ring and the Boopy Boop and all that other like folksy crap that he was testifying to. And what we have here is an utter multi generation corruption, power, money, drugs, influence scandal. I I think that the the whole southern the accents and it's very colorful and it's exotic to people outside of the south. That's my point. But that's the, my point. The, there are no pawpaws in Ohio. None. But the the key ingredients here of a family having this kind of wealth and power and control over an entire community, generations you know of judges and prosecutors. Mm, this is a story you know no matter you know where you put it. Everything I've ever said will be lost, except for that last sentence. There are no pawpaws in Ohio. That will that will sum up my career, probably. Well, our app is exploding right now with a bunch of people in Ohio going, shut, my grandpa's a pawpaw. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Bob, uh, Bob, Bob. This one, this one, you know what makes this story so um, compelling and delicious for outsiders? Because it's Shakespearean. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. But I, I just I just think it's it's the uh, it's the scene also, you know. People see the uh, live oak trees with the moss and the hunting grounds and the dogs and all of that, and they're going. This is like a like a fiction. It's like fiction uh, in a movie or a book. Anyway, well, twenty twenty I mean, has it tonight on ABC. 
Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil put Savannah on the map for a lot of folks for the same reason. We got morons in the news next, including a car chase live on a police car chase live on the radio and the people's movie critic with Cocaine Bear. It's Bob and Sherry. We never seem to run out. You're both morons. Morons in the news with Bob and Sherry. Visitors to one of the beaches in Santa Cruz, California, say they are feeling creeped out and uncomfortable after encountering a man who is dressed in a cookie monster costume on the beach. Police are warning others to stay away from this man who they say have been bothering visitors and yelling at them. Yeah, he's a weirdo for sure, one guy said. He puts the W in weirdo, one beach goer says. I actually got him to take a picture with my dog. He even creeped out my dog. Here's a guy that's creeping out people on a beach dressed as Cookie Monster, and we still have to get a selfie. We still, I, I swear to God, if they if, if Manson came back, people would go up and try to get a selfie with Manson. Um, police said they've received many complaints about this guy at this point. Uh, he has not committed any crimes in the city, so they have not arrested him, but they are looking at him carefully every time he shows up. That uh, really is one of two things. The guy is a creep. Or the guy is so tired of tourists coming to his beaches that he just wants them gone. How hot and sweaty would it be to be dressed up as Cookie Monster on the beach? Got to though? be. It's got to and, be. And you know what? I know that um, we don't have laws against this specifically, but we should have laws against people being allowed to ruin Cookie Monster and Elmo for children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, trademark. That should, yeah. You should get an extra penalty for that. That's right. right. Let's go to let's go to today's moron in the news story. This is very very exciting. So this happened in Volusia County, Florida. The sheriff, Sheriff Mike Chitwood, was on a radio show, the Drew Garibo radio show, and they were talking about the interview was focused on how Sheriff Chitwood has had enough of hate groups in his county. He's like, don't you be coming into Volusia County with your anti-Semitism. I'm not here for it. And he was doing the interview while inside his Volusia County Sheriff's patrol car when this happened. People seem irritated, I guess, or irked by the fact that Mike Chitwood is being so vocal. I love people who will uh, say things that fly in the face of these disgusting hate groups and the ideology that they preach. Mike, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate the time. Uh-oh. Sheriff, are you there? Back He's getting a call. Oh, man, this is like uh, live PD. This is exciting. Is everything okay? I don't know. You think everything's okay? Sheriff, are you all right? Back it off if you can. You Oh, he just, he just went after that officer there. I'm just going to oh, turn no, it down real not, quick. Yeah, there's something. That's not, there's like some emergency police business he went, or something into the office there. No, no, no. She said she he went after the officer there. Oh. No. You're one's overhead. Give it to you. Sheriff, are you there? <laughs> there's something really. Dude, there is something, something going, serious on. going on. Yeah. <laughs> Sheriff, are you there? I feel like we should do that. I, I, I love Florida. 
that, uh, that is probably Does this kind the of most thing that is probably the most exciting thing that's ever happened on that radio show. And don't you know, right after that, the program director came in and said, Hey, why'd you drop the Ace of Base song? You know? <laughs> yeah, they, those guys got in trouble for talking yeah, too long. Exactly. Hey, that car yeah, chase so. with Sheriff Chitwood, 117 yeah. miles an hour. Woo! Yeah. Wow. The state, the highway patrol threw down stop sticks. The pickup slowed, veered onto the right shoulder, and they were able to arrest the thief um, who has the most beautiful hair I've seen in a while. Son, Mm. when after you've done your time and paid your debt to society, Pantene is on the line for a shampoo commercial. (laughs) Wowzers. That is morons in the news. We're going to post that up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook Today, we not only have the People's Movie Critic reviewing Cocaine Bear, we have the wild and entirely true story of Cocaine Bear, including the part about the involvement of a country music legend. You are not going to see that coming. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. I flew about a week and a half ago, and I'm glad I was not flying this week. It was a crazy week to fly in the U.S. If you're flying out, I hope you have a safe flight and a good one, too. Listen to what happened just this week. A man whose name is Muffley checked into Allegiant Air in Lehigh Valley uh, near Philadelphia. And uh, they all of a sudden, the... uh, Technicians were called in because they said uh, Mr. Muttley had something on his bag hidden. It was a quick fuse, which appeared to be part of a compound, along with a hobby fuse that is used for explosive powders. And also, he had commercial-grade fireworks in his bag. He also had a can of butane, a lighter, a pipe, white powder residue, a wireless drill with cordless batteries, and two circuit breakers that were taped together. So they spotted this, but he knew he was spotted. He dragged his bag out of the airport and started heading for home. Well, guess what? They knew who he was, and they headed for his home, too. So we don't know what he was up to, but you just can't do that. Another this another one this week. Guy had a loaded gun, loaded handgun going on a flight. And the last one just happened the other day. A guy is piloting a Learjet. A Learjet. Let me see where uh, this is. And coming in to the same runway that he's getting set to take off is a JetBlue, a JetBlue plane. The jet blue plane is starting the descend, and all of a sudden, the Learjet decides it's just going to take off. It was told by traffic control, no, 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 stay out of this lane, wait for us. He goes, nah, I think not. And they started to go at each other. Jet blue pilot pulls the plane up and then takes it higher airborne and does a circle to come back. Obviously, they got the pilot that was in the Learjet. But I have been on a plane that had to go through that coming back from Madrid, Spain once. And uh, all of a sudden in the JFK, the plane was pulled up a few hundred feet, it felt like, from the uh, from the uh, tarmac. And there was not a sound in the plane because nobody had ever experienced that before. And this is this is like the third time I think this has happened in the last six months. So please. If you're a pilot of a small plane, pay attention. 
This is Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com code Radio 10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. It is time now for the People's Movie Critic and his review of that instant cinema classic, Cocaine Bear. Hey, Lamar. <laughs> listen, listen. There are some titles that need no trailer. Just the name itself beckons you to the theater. And no matter what anybody says, you have to see it. Now, a few that come to mind are There Will Be Blood, I Spit on Your Grave, <laughs> Talladega Nights, The Legend yeah. of Ricky Bobby, and of course, <laughs> yeah. the ever-loving Snakes on a Plane. Yeah! As soon as I heard Cocaine Bear, I knew I was in. Because when you mix cocaine and a bear, something has got to be happening. Now, oh, yeah. when a movie says Based on a true story, that could mean anything. It could follow the facts as close as possible, almost to the point of a documentary. Or, as in this case, it could mean, yes, there was some cocaine that came from a plane and it hit the ground and there was a bear that found it and ate it. But (laughs) past that, the story is pure fiction, but great fiction it is. Instead of dying like the bear did in real life, the movie bear eats it, snorts it, and goes berserk on it. (laughs) And two kids, Dee Dee and Henry, who are played by Brooklyn Prince and uh, Christian Convery, they skip school to go on a hike where, of course, they encounter the murderous bear. And Dee Dee's mom, played by Carrie Russell, she enlists the help of Ranger Liz, who is played by Margot Martindale, to help her find the kids. And let me go on record as saying, Margot Martindale is one of the greatest character actors of all time. There is no role that she cannot take to its highest level, and she did that very thing here. The Mm -hmm. cocaine didn't just appear. It belonged to a big-time drug dealer named Sid, who's played by Ray Liotta. And this was his last movie before his death. You know, it's amazing. This man brought us Field of Dreams and, and all these other different movies. And his last movie is Cocaine Bear. Yeah, Goodfellas, exactly. But the plot, such as it is, consists of mom and ranger searching for kids, drug dealers searching for cocaine, police officer Bob, who's played by Isaiah Whitlock Jr., searching for the drug dealers, and a cocaine-fueled apex predator killing as many of them as it possibly can in the most bloody, horrific, and hilarious ways possible. Now, 
It's a very quick movie. It's an hour and 35 minutes. It's rated R for bloody violence and gore, drug content, and a lot of language uh, through the whole movie. Now, this movie is not for everybody. Some will have a great time and laugh continuously, and others will hate every minute. I know this for a fact because I never stopped laughing, and Carla never stopped trying to shush me up because people <laughs> being torn from limb to limb by a killer bear is not funny. Well, it wasn't funny to her, but it was hilarious yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. And Elizabeth Banks, who directed the movie, she knew exactly what she was doing, and she knew the audience said, well, she's doing it far. The violence is so over the top and bloody that it's actually cartoonish. And it's definitely played for laughs. And if you can't see the humor in a bear tearing off a man's leg and then snorting the cocaine residue off that leg, this movie's not for you. <laughs> it's just not for you. Now, the title of the movie is both an invitation and a disclaimer. It is truth in advertising because you know what you're walking into. So if you go to a movie titled Cocaine Bear and you walk out complaining about the lack of a multi-layered script or non-linear narrative, that's your own fault. And maybe on your way home, you might want to stop by the Urgent Care Center and get that stick pulled out, okay? Because this ain't your movie. This, by no means, is what you would call a a quotation mark good movie. But if you think what I have described sounds like something that you could find humorous, then you're going to have a great 95 minutes. My score on this is four solid Budweiser. I had a great time. It was All right. This, this, movie, this movie is making so much money that English filmmakers are coming out with their own. It's called Cocaine Corgis. And they bite bite your ankles and drag you into a Range Rover and try to kill you just like that. So they're they're getting on. Terrifying. Terrifying. Well done. All right. Stay right there. Back with Lamar and a whole lot more. That was a great review. This is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. And we are back in the Bob and Sherry show with our very good friend, Lamar, the people's movie critic who just reviewed Cocaine Bear. And liked it very much. I forgot that it was the last movie that Ray Liotta was in. And he was he was one of my favorite actors, especially with Goodfellas, Field oh, yeah. of Dreams. Um, and I, I'm sorry that that's the last movie. I know you liked it a lot, but you know, let's let's face it, it's it's not gonna win an Academy Award. Although when I think of Ray Liotta in his later years, in the Shantrex Shantix, uh, commercial yeah, Shantix. Shantix commercials to stop smoking. I I looked at him and I swear he might have been doing something because he was sweating real good and looking real spooky in his eyes. Yeah. I thought, yeah. if you yeah, could if big. you could translate that to cocaine bear, it probably <laughs> works. W- what was his role in that movie? He was the head. He was the head guy, the head drug dealer. And what had happened is he right. he had got all this cocaine from a big time drug dealer in like Mexico yeah. or somewhere like that. And yeah, now yeah. he's lost all this drugs and he owes for it and he's got to find it. And it, his son, I he bet sends he was his a, son to look for yeah. it. And then he comes I, to look for it. Yeah. He must've been a good, a, a good person to cast in that. I can oh, see yeah, yeah, him yeah, yeah, in yeah. that role. I can see him yeah. in that role. Fantastic. Yeah, it was, hey, it, it was really you, good. You, you had a wedding anniversary recently, didn't you? Yes. Yes. 14 years. 
Congratulations. I saw, yeah. oh my God, the pictures of you and Carla were beautiful. You all dressed up, you know, cutting the cake. Many, <laughs> Sherry and I and Max, we were there at the wedding, of course. Yeah. Listen, if you if you can't look passable in a tux, you need to go on back home. I mean, <laughs> it, it is it it's is the, it, it's the best you're ever going to look in your life is when you put on a tux. It and is so true, and not a, and not go, mm. not a squirrely one either. You know, not back years ago, decades ago, guys went through this phase. Tony, there are pictures of Tony, and he posted it on his anniversary <laughs> with Donna in a light blue tuxedo with black lapels and a giant furry black bow tie. Now, I, I know he had a good sense of humor posting that, but you, but you're right. If you're in a black tux, or some guys can pull off a white dinner jacket, but a black tux, when do you ever as a guy look better? You can't. It's impossible. It really is impossible. I, mean, I, think, it, that, it, yeah. I think that even the goofy powder blue um, prom pictures, Max had a powder blue tux with a big ruffled shirt when he went to his prom. Even though it's like, goofy and cliched i still think you look pretty fly and even a powder blue tux yeah. it's nostalgic my, my, and retro my high school my high school prom mine was canary yellow canary <laughs> yellow <laughs> because i was determined not to look like everybody else which sometimes oh, you won. <laughs> um, people's movie critic why canary yellow specifically to not look like everybody else i'm, I'm afraid to ask what was your date wearing well, she she wore a mat. She wore a dress that was we we coordinated. I mean, we did. I didn't just Who spring cares? that on her. Who I didn't, cares I didn't what just she walk was up wearing? To the door and say, "Look at me! I got a canary yellow tux." Do you, tux. Do you I mean, still no. have the picture? It's somewhere. I, I tried to search for it. I, it's in one of my photo albums somewhere. Oh yeah, I got. It doesn't picture. matter what she wore. Everybody was looking at the guy with the canary yellow tuxedo. That that's, poor girl was invisible. That was, that was sort of my, I, I, I sort of want everybody to look at me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm with you. Like, before you make fun of those high school boys that did the yellow tux and the blue tux and the pink tux, you get, like, one chance in your whole life to dress up like that, and that is your moment. If you don't take it then, you're never going to get another shot at it, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, you know my, you know my friend Jeff Fox, my silver best friend. He has to yeah. be silver best friend because even though I've known him longer than Sherry, he has done nothing for me financially. So he is, he is not gold best friend. So <laughs> he gets, he's he's uh, about to uh, walk down the aisle. And he's found the girl. He had one practice uh, marriage and didn't last long at all. But uh, he's got the best man, who is a guy named uh, Howie, who he uh, grew up with and known each other. And Howie is a prankster. Oh, he is a prankster. So all of the uh, groomsmen and all of the guys are in Jeff's hotel suite. And uh, Howie's the guy, because he's best man, who is going to bring him his tuxedo. So Jeff wants a, he's marrying up. He wants a, he, he ordered a classic black tuxedo, very conservative. Howie has replaced it with a purple, a bright purple lavender tuxedo. Oh with a giant purple tie. <laughs> it's like something Bozo the Clown would wear. We are about 60 minutes before the actual wedding is going to take place. And Jeff says, where's my tuxedo, Howie? And Howie goes in the other room and gets it out of the and – bring, and, it, and it's in one of those uh, you know, uh, cases or whatever they are. Those, and it's zipped garment up. Garment bag, yeah. Yeah, garment bag. Thank you. 
Um, and so Jeff holds it up. Everybody's in on this. He unzips it, and there it is. I'm going to do his reaction, and I'm not going to exaggerate. <laughs> because it was now 55 minutes before he says I do. And Howie let him flounder as true tricksters do for about 15 minutes. He was brought to tears that he was going to be such an ass in front of his wife's people. <laughs> and then finally. Uh, hey, Jeff, that's it's a really great right joke. over here. Here it is. That's a great joke. Yeah, that's a great yeah, joke. Yeah, <laughs> All right, Cocaine Bear, you're telling everybody yep. if you have a good sense of humor, go see it, huh? Yep. It's Four awesome. solid bloody, 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 but it's awesome. <laughs> We've got comedian Mike James coming up. And a little bit later in the show, People's Movie Critic, we're going to tell the real true story behind Cocaine Bear because there was a bear and yeah. there was cocaine. There wasn't a murderous rampage, but the true story is just as crazy. It's coming up. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. It is time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Mike James. Getting older. I can feel it, man. Not physically, but like I can feel it like in my patience. I don't have the same patience I used to have when I was young. Like I can't, my thing is I can't deal with stupidity. I hate that, you know. I had a, a, a friend that said something so stupid one time I told him we couldn't even be cool no more. <laughs> Here's the thing, I, I, like I told you I'm scared of spiders. That's true, I really am. And like sometimes when it gets hot outside like in the summer, I get spiders in my car. I never know how they get in there. It always freaks me out. One day, I'm, I'm riding around in my car. I pulled up on my friend and I saw some spider webs in the car, I jumped out freaking out. I'm like, man, I do not know how these spiders keep getting in my car. Now he looked at me with a straight face. He gonna help me out. He like, you got spiders in your car? Okay. Hey, are you locking your doors? <laughs> this was so stupid, it made me stupid. I answered him. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I did, dude. <laughs> Have you ever had that happen to you? Somebody say something so stupid that make you think you stupid? I'm in a Wendy's drive-thru one day, okay? I'm in a drive-thru at Wendy's, in the drive-thru, trying to order my food. The lady came over the speaker, she said, welcome to Wendy's. Is this gonna be for here to go? I just drove off. I'm like, they must, they must be doing something new over here. I don't, don't like stupidity, man. Like racism, I think racism is the dumbest thing ever. It doesn't make sense. You don't like somebody because of the color of their skin, that's, that's stupid. I always tell people, sit down and talk to somebody you don't know. Learn about them, get to know them. Our country would be better if we all treated each other like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just try that. Just try it. I can guarantee you, if you sit down and get to know somebody, you'll find a thousand other reasons to hate this person. <laughs> <laughs> just, just earn the hate is all I'm saying. Put the word in. Earn the hate. Just... <laughs> I don't have an issue, man. I, I hang with everybody. I like when I hang out with uh with my my white friends, especially if I'm like the only black person around. <clears throat> kind of like now. No, I like it, especially like if we're in a car and I'm the only black person in the car, I like to be in there because I like to mess with them, right? So if we're in the car, I'm the only black person in the car, sometimes I'll, uh, I'll breathe on the window and write help. <laughs> <laughs> I 
They get mad, but it's funny to me, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, I, I, don't, I don't get racism. It's just so many other good reasons to hate people. Let <laughs> me tell you what I don't like. I don't like people that text and drive. You seen people doing this, texting and drive? That is the way. Listen, if you are doing it, please stop, because you can kill somebody, all right? I was, uh, I was on the interstate one day, and I had my kids in the back seat. I see this car swerving all over the interstate. Closer I get to the car, I see it's a dude, and he's texting on his phone. And he's doing that thing where he's so into it, he's like texting with both hands and trying to drive with his knee. I lost it, you know, because that's dangerous. I got my kids in the back seat. Now, he's swerving all over the interstate. One time, he swerved so hard, he almost hit us. So I had to swerve to keep him from hitting us. That made me spill my tequila. I'm like, yo, this is so... Like, yo, that was top shelf. You should come get him. That is comedian Mike James. Let's get that set posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com, where you'll also find the People's Movie Critics Review of Cocaine Bear. If you missed that, it's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. Uh, when I was previously with someone, there were no um, memes or posts, really. It was a while ago. But I still think this was about me. The post is a question. How many of you stay-at-home moms slash wives do not miss your husbands while they are at work? Mine ruins my day once I see his face. <laughs> Well, there's some honesty there. And, and the other one is sometimes somebody will post something online and I swear I read it and I'm saying to myself, are you just asking to get your butt kicked? Here's the post. My husband and I are traveling overseas. We plan on flying business class and having our two toddlers and coach with the nanny. Has anyone ever done this? How did it go? Can I go back to coach in that area and be with the kids if they cry or need me? There are 233 comments. I didn't read any because I didn't need to read any at all. Um, are you not just looking for trouble? You're looking for trouble. Yeah. What? We're, tra- what a we're traveling first overseas. First world problem to have, right? Yeah, exactly. We're traveling overseas. Uh, we're going to be in business class, which is, you know, first class light. And the two toddlers with the nanny are going to be in coach. And I... I may want to go back and just check on them. Is that allowed? Oh, God. I wouldn't want to be you for the next few days. Mm -mm. You have to have self-awareness sometimes. You have to edit yourself. Am I right? Like I said, that is the first first among first world problems. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's clean, O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code RADIO10.
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers Merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Talk back time. You can call us on the phone 24-7 at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERI. Or it's even easier. Grab our app. It's free in Google Play in the Apple Store. Download it and look for the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen. And all you do is tap it and talk and the app will do everything else. Hey, Bob and Sherry. And- and friends, this is Brian from Indiana. You guys have been talking about coffee and all the different things, memories and such about coffee. I think I need to tell you one of the best memories in my entire life I have when I was three years old, and now I'm several years older than three, but I was three years old and I would drink coffee with my grandmother. She would make a half a cup of coffee for me and fill the rest of the way up with milk and we'd sit on our porch swing and we'd dunk our cookies in it and eat it and to this day whenever if I'm having a bad day I make a pot of coffee and get me some vanilla wafers and I dip those suckers in the milk and coffee and sit on my porch swing and it just brings back all the good feelings again so um, love your show love to talk to you guys see you soon bye there are cry. decent Love people that. in the world. There are decent people. He's if sitting you, with his meemaw. Oh. If you did not have a grandma that would give you and the chihuahua some coffee and let you watch her soaps with her, I, I feel like you missed out on some quality nurture and love in your childhood. I really did. You know, I did miss out on that. I, I, did, did. I did miss out on that. It, it's, it's an uncomfortable thing for me to envision myself doing. Because but that's of, only because Shay Shay was such a frigid, um, you know, you think? mean person. Yeah. yeah if you'd yeah. had my grandma black hair giving you some coffee, giving yeah. the dog some coffee, which honestly right. the dog was already pretty hopped up, letting you watch, you know, another world. You Think about it. Think about how yeah. different your life would be. Yeah. You know, I don't think you can get kids uh, started on caffeine early enough. When you come right down to it, you know, and certainly, and certainly that grandmother is, is doing, that. you know what, though? I, don't and know the why, skin of- I don't know why I want to say this, but the, I think the only thing he left out is that grandma had a, had a cigarette in her hand also. This, <laughs> this is going to make you uncomfortable, but grand grandma, um, folk wisdom of the day. So this would go back how, you know, probably to the greatest generation. They would look at a kid and they could look at you and decide you were a little backed up and nothing would get the job done like coffee. That's why they were giving you coffee. Not, not to give you (laughs) caffeine. I told you you wouldn't like it, but also because you as a little kid wanted to do grown up things. Don't you remember wanting to do grown up things when you were little? Yes. Drive a car, not worry about being backed up. There's a big difference. (laughs) You know what? If my grandma was alive right now, she would be looking at you and she would say, you know what? I don't know what's wrong with you, but I'll tell you what was wrong with Shay Shay. She was backed up. That's why she yeah. was so cold. She and may unpleasant. have been right. 
She may have been may have right been. about that. Yeah. You're exactly uh, we have right. another one. We have another message. Hi, Bob and Sherry. It's Callie from L.A. I was listening to your show today on the 23rd of February, and I had to give you a talk back because I had to shout out Bob. When you're talking about the pandas, about the one tin mark, Bob is about to say the pandas are going to go mano e mano, but he catches himself mid-sentence and so as not to offend the panda community, he says panda e panda. I love you, Bob. <laughs> love you guys. I have no recollection of talking about pandas that way. I remember I, you did. Um, I was telling you how pandas actually mate in the wild. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Your yeah. panda loving is some wild loving. And you were being respectful to the panda community, as you as you so often are respectful. Yeah. And um, went panda e panda. Yeah, take your compliment, man. When you get it. Yeah, you're right. You know, I think pandas are the cutest animals of all. I mean, except for puppies, there's nothing cuter than a, a puppy. But um, as far as a grown animal goes, what is what is cuter than a panda? Have you ever seen a baby panda? A baby I have, panda yeah. is is and they. I, I was at the Chapultepec Zoo in Mexico City with a TV crew, and they brought out the newborn baby panda. It was such a big deal. We had to get special permission to shoot it. When that panda came out of its habitat, the entire crowd, about 100 people, went, oh, and it walks along next to its mother. And you know what it does? A little tumber salt, just like a baby would do. They are unbelievably beautiful. They're just little fat, chunky yeah. balls of yeah. fluff that you just want to just, argh, just grab them and smush them. All right, well, well thank let me you, tell the, callers. Yeah, let me, let me tell the folks what's coming up. Uh, the People's Movie Critic reviewed Cocaine Bear, and we've got the true story of the Cocaine Bear because the true story is a little different from the movie, but you can be sure there was a real Cocaine Bear. And one exciting twist in the true Cocaine Bear story involves a country music legend it's coming up it's bob and sherry it's the stuff we wouldn't couldn't shouldn't do on the regular show the oddcast podcast on the free bob and sherry app well spring is in the air in some parts of america not so much in others but if spring is in the air that means that brides and grooms getting married can't be that far off and i saw a post, a collection of people who either left at the altar or were left at the altar, one or the other. Literally, I'm, I'm talking about not breaking up in advance like a week. I'm saying at the altar. And I went, there were like 25 of these stories, and I landed on this one. And you tell me, Sherry Lynch, how much, despite the tears, you would like to be in the congregation when this went down. Here's, okay. here's the story. The, this is a woman speaking. I am the homewrecker. I stood up during, if anyone should have a reason, and I blurted out, don't, to the guy I loved since junior high school. I was 25 when this happened. We are now in our 30s. While his and his entire party of wedding guests stared daggers into me, he walked off the altar and we met halfway in the aisle, and I told him out loud, I love you, please don't. He stared at me for what seemed like an eternity, and then walked back to his would-be bride and told her he didn't love her. It wasn't <gasps> right that they got married. Oh! 
He said he was sorry, and she slapped his face. What? I tried, I tried to apologize, but I was cut off by people in the church. She screamed at me and called me. I can't say what she was called, but you can imagine. We were not friends, nor were we acquaintances, and I deserved the humiliation and the berating. I walked out and across the parking lot of the venue. He followed shortly after. We walked for several blocks in silence and sat in the park, just stunned. He moved his things out of her place the next day and stayed in a hotel for a few weeks and then got his own place. We moved in together three months after that. I married him in a small private location ceremony with a handful of people present. We've been married for 10 years. We've been moved, we moved out of state about a year after this went down. I heard that she moved on and married a really nice guy, had a baby a couple of years ago. I feel terrible for ruining her day and putting her through the heartache, but I'm glad it worked out. Whoa. Whoa. Did she, do, did she do the right thing is the question. It's a mess, and I don't love the way that it went down. But, you know, she did that woman a favor. She did. There, there was just so a too. better way. There was a better way to do this. I mean, this was Without about as dramatic as you could possibly get. If you had but, that in a movie, I think people would say, oh, I think they've run out of ideas or scenes in rom-coms. But this is a real thing. I mean, I can just tell the way it's written that it, it actually went down there. I mean, what do you think? I think that she did the right thing, but I agree with you. It was a horrible way to do it and really unforgivable. She could have contacted him a day, an hour, a minute ahead of time. She waits until that moment. We all know what that moment is. Was she a drama queen and just, or, or could she, was she hoping that she could just say, well, I've, I've got to let him go. I'm, it's before my eyes. She shows up without an invitation. She shows up I, without even he knowing and pulls that. I Listen, I don't know the circumstances that led to this peak drama moment. I feel like there had to be another way, right? Like I but, said, a minute before, an hour before, a week, a month, that would be nice. But, you know, those of us that have gone through a divorce... Like, if I had it to do over again, I would rather <clears throat> have been humiliated on the altar than suffered what I suffered. Yeah, I don't and think everybody feels truth. that way. And you know well, what else I'm, I think I'm she was thinking? She was myself. hoping. Yeah, yeah. She was hoping that uh, it would not go down, that at the last minute he would bail out, but he was not going to bail out. Yeah, some guys just say it's time to get married, and that's probably what was in his head. Good Lord. When you look back on what divorce has put you through. <clears throat> take the hit, yeah. Take the hit. Take the mm -hmm. hit at the altar in your tuxedo. Mm -hmm. Be the talk of the town forever if you have to. Mm -hmm. It's still mm -hmm. cheaper and less emotionally damaging than right. what's to come right. when someone yeah. who loves you doesn't marry you. I think, I think also you would lose a lot of friends, all of hers, all of her friends, and maybe a few of yours. What a moment. This is Bob and Sherry. 
You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this shit. I cannot believe this So you heard from the People's Movie Critic earlier today that Cocaine Bear is based on a true story. And it is absolutely based on a true story. So let's go back to the tale of Andrew Thornton II. Um, He was working as a narcotics police officer in Tennessee in the early 1970s. Then he went back to law school and he got his law degree. But don't you know that Drew Thornton changed sides and he got caught up in this big weapons and drug smuggling ring. And in fact, in the early 80s, he was part of a big group of people indicted on multiple counts of conspiracy to import and distribute a thousand pounds of marijuana. So he pleaded not guilty and he went on the run. Eventually, he got arrested as a fugitive in the Carolinas. For all of these crimes, they fined him 500 bucks and revoked his law license and sent him to prison for six months. That doesn't seem like that bad of a punishment, really, when you think about what he did. But now his law license is suspended, so he can't make money as a lawyer. So he resumes his criminal ne'er-do-well activities as soon as he gets out of prison. And in spite of all of his um, challenges, um, word on the street was that he owned racehorses and that he was a multimillionaire and you know, that he was just really a colorful guy. And he'd also done a little bit of time in the army. He had a pilot's license and he was a trained parachutist. Both of these skills he would use later in this wild, insane drug smuggling stunt that unfortunately cost him his life. Um, Authorities said that they believe he flew a twin engine plane loaded with drugs from South America. And when he got along the southeastern U.S. coastline, he put it on autopilot while he looked for a place to jump out with a parachute. The plane ended up crashing in the North Carolina mountains and Andrew Thornton um, fell into the backyard of a family's home in Knoxville, Tennessee. His parachute, his parachute did not open. He was not only dead with an unopened parachute, he had 77 pounds of cocaine strapped to his body, many guns and knives. Um, Local investigators could not find the rest of the drugs that were on board Thornton's plane at the time he died, including one duffel bag loaded with $15 million worth of cocaine. But where the Georgia Bureau of Investigation failed to find the duffel bag full of cocaine, Pablo Escobar did. That's right. A bear standing... A bear standing about five feet tall, you know, just a regular garden variety black bear, stumbled upon the duffel bag in the mountains of Fanning County a few weeks prior to December 20th, 1985. That's when local officials found a ripped open, 40 ripped open packages of of cocaine, um, the torn duffel bag, There was no substantial amount of cocaine left other than those 40 ripped open bags. And it it gave you the idea that, well, maybe the bear ate it all. But the GBI agents who investigated said, well, there was two months since it got dropped. It had some time to dissolve. There was snow on the mountains when we found it. We're pretty sure that the bear did not eat 75 pounds of cocaine. They did an autopsy on the bear. The bear ate some cocaine 
but it certainly didn't eat 75 pounds. They never found the rest of the cocaine. Some people huh. think that hunters came across it, found the bear, and stole the cocaine and kept it for themselves and to sell. The bear did not go on the killing spree in the movie. That part of it isn't true. But the legend of cocaine bear lives on. In fact, the coroner, the coroner who performed the autopsy on Pablo Escobar took the bear to a taxidermist and donated it to the Chattahoochee River National Recreation Area not long after. Then the stuffed bear went missing. It was at a pawn shop, and then it was at another pawn shop. Then get ready. Waylon Jennings had it in his house for a while. Country music superstar legend <laughs> Waylon Jennings had That's the taxi- perfect. taxidermy cocaine bear. Um, then it ended up at the Kentucky for Kentucky Fun Mall in Lexington, Kentucky. And there you can go visit Cocaine Bear. He's, dipl- he's displayed in a rotating series of hats with an open duffel bag full of coke nestled right there at his feet. It is a wild story. It is a true story. Um, the movie took a lot of liberties with it. So the bear did not bear go on a killing real. spree. The, no. it, it consumed some cocaine. But it, it didn't go on a killing spree. It, it started listening to what? Classic rock? What, what, what was it doing? It was just no, the wandering only, out there. The only killing that happened with Pablo Escobar and that cocaine was poor Pablo Escobar himself. He died of yeah. acute cocaine poisoning. Oh, is he, that right? Yeah. yeah, and that's how they found him. They found him next mm-hmm. to the stash. That's how he mm-hmm. ended up at the coroner, then the taxidermist, then the pawn I shop, see. then another pawn shop, then a truck stop, then Waylon Jennings for a while, and now he's at a mall in Kentucky, as God so intended. God bless America. What a country where these kind of things happen, you know, just every other random Tuesday. <laughs> we'll get this posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. For all of you cocaine bear aficionados, this is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. I live at sea level, and so there are a lot of uh, places where you can ride your bike, and, you know, it's not difficult at all. Where we live, there's a lot of bike paths, so it's been great. We moved here when uh, COVID happened, and I went to buy a bike, and I couldn't get one. I I called the Schwinn dealership. There were none to be had. So I found a California company, and they shipped me this bike, and I loved it. So I decided to buy Mary another one. And uh, because the bike that she had was falling apart and I did it secretly and it was so great. She had no idea. It arrived in this big box and I took the box in the back of her car over to a bike shop to make sure it was put together right because I'd probably screw it up. And they put it together and then my friend dropped me off. I picked it up and I, I, I rode it and then I noticed the front wheel is wobbling all over the place. I took it back to the bike shop and they said it must have gotten dented when uh, it was shipped and I said oh no so my gift to Mary was not as exciting because I knew that the you know it was it's a beautiful bike and and it's it's that uh, green color it's like sea green it's so cute so now I'm calling the bike company and I said hey the the bike showed up dented well let me send you a uh, you know a form to fill out and in the form I have to make a picture of what's dented except you can't see the wobbling So yesterday I'm on it and I have a phone in one hand and I'm, I'm rolling video on the thing as I'm, so I can prove that it's wobbling. Do you know how many 
looks you get from people on the sidewalk as you're driving down the road, taking a video of the tire of your bike. You look completely crazy. And I'm so nervous that, it, you know, the, the wheel's going to fall off. Just... Could, could something get, go your way? Could some small thing go your way? I know it. I was so excited about it. And we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. But this is going to take days to get done. It's 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 so aggravating. And I just wanted to say, look, I, I don't I sound honest? Could you just send me a new wheel? And they won't do that. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's clean, O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code RADIO10. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Microsoft has done a study on the human attention span, and um, the news the news isn't great, but I think there's a way to look to see this in a good way. I want to hear what it okay. is, because I don't see it that way. Well, on the one hand, our ability to multitask has dramatically improved. Dramatically. Mm-hmm. Like, we... You know, they say that I'm not a good multitasker and they say that nobody really is a good multitasker, that your brain can really only focus on one thing at a time. But this Microsoft study says, actually, we live in a world where multitasking is necessary and we've gotten dramatically better at it. That's the good news, right? Okay, here's the bad news. The um, human attention span is now shorter than that of a goldfish and I'm not making it up. A goldfish is nine seconds, and a human being is now eight seconds. Eight-second attention span. So how much has that gone down? Well, since 2000, um, it's dropped by four seconds. In 2000, our attention span was 12 seconds long. That's a big drop. And in 2015, our attention span is eight seconds long. And what, listen, what are they using as the reason for this? Um, what are they handheld devices. It? Yeah. Handheld devices and the way that information is streaming on handheld devices. Mm-hmm. It's a scrolling, streaming. It's coming across your TV screen. Mm-hmm. You're, there's so much coming at you mm-hmm. that we've lost our ability to pay attention. Listen to this. This is from the National Center for Biotechnology Information and the National Library of Medicine in the U.S., okay? 79% of us use our portable devices while watching TV. This is known as dual screening, or in our house, double screening, which I don't like. I don't like when people My wife does screen. that. 79%. Yeah. Be on 52% of us check our phones every 30 minutes. I think I check mine more frequently than that. And what, now what it's like you, a twitch. It's like a habit. I don't know what, what I'm checking for. What are you checking for? To see if um, I got a text from the Prince of Nigeria promising me millions. <laughs> I don't know what I'm checking I don't know what I'm checking for. No, 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 for. no. I don't want to let go of this because you're very, very smart. And you realize that if one of your kids is sick or something, the, you, the phone is going to ring. Do you know when I don't pick up my phone? You know why you can't get me after like 8 o'clock at night? No one can get me. Text, call, anyway. Because after 8 p.m., all the people I love are in front of me, and I can see them. I know where they are. But all the Everyone's people, home. If, if something is wrong with all the people that you love, either one of them or the, That's hosp- why I check my phone. the hospital, you, you don't have to check it. It's my, going to ring. It has a ringer. No, my older daughter, um, she no longer speaks. 
She's she's evolved beyond speech. Oh, it's she all will, texting. She will text me from the other room. But yeah. you'll still get a ding. No, I don't have. A, I don't. You have the ding on your phone. That drives me crazy. I don't have it. Well, get it. Then you don't have to look at I it. I don't like the dinging. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, my God, woman. You're looking at the thing every 30 seconds. Get the ding. How many are you going to get a day? Hey, chucklehead. What do you care how many times I look at my phone? Someone needs to straighten you out about yourself. If you have if you have a problem with looking at your phone too much, I'm bringing you the answer. Someone needs to if straighten chucklehead, you out. If chucklehead can see it, then, you know, Did, and you can't. What does uh, that make you? Is chucklehead aware? You're less than chucklehead. <laughs> is chucklehead aware that his phone is ding, ding, dinging all morning long while we're on the air? Wasn't there a candy named Chuckles? There was a candy named Chuckles. They were, they were Attention like, span! Attention span! Attention span! <laughs> they were delicious. They had all these different flavors. They were gelatinous. Very gelatinous. But they were firm. They fought you a little yes, bit. Yes, they did. And they had a little bit of sugar yeah. on the top. Sometimes I, still... I would suck the sugar off and then eat the chuckles. That was because we were poor kids. Poor yeah. kids had to make a chuckles right. last longer. They That's had little right. grooves on them, too, and you could bite them into little pieces. And, you oh, know, the lucky good. kids had M&Ms or Twix bars. Yeah. Poor kids right. had to make do with a whole pack of chuckles That's lasting right. a weekend. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. I must welcome our astrologer, our queen of the stars, Charlie King. And by telling you this, Charlie, so... Last week, all kinds of crazy stuff was happening, and my youngest daughter called me and said, Mom, what is wrong with the world of reality? Everything is so bad. And I said, well, excuse me, but Charlie did say that even for you, Leo, last week was going to be rough. And my daughter was so relieved to know that it was in the stars and not, you know, anything permanent. So maybe this week's going to be a little bit better, Charlie. What do you think? Well... Life is always going no. to be crazy, and according no. to the stars, <laughs> it's just, no, it's a no. But, you know, it's nothing that's not manageable. There are definitely things we can do to kind of help us get through. So this week specifically calls everybody to accept confusion and diversity, to stop attempting to make any sense of anything, and to get real comfortable with change. So for Aries... This is like a low energy or a health wobble that may introduce you to like new concepts that challenge you positively but uncomfortably. You want to clean out any baggage and deal with anything that has been repressed in your emotions this week. Taurus, how you treat others will come back in the form of like this instant karma and a particular social or romantic conversation surprises you and inspires some future investments that look really positive. Gemini can feel a little bit like this week is all work and no play and putting out fires and taking care of business. But by the middle of the week, you'll be having plenty of fun things to do, maybe even too much fun. So don't do anything too wild and try and stay out of trouble. Cancer. Cancers are quietly working away at something. Cancers are behind the scenes expanding their skills and career. So if if formal study is on that for you, especially in the areas of tech or something hard to understand, that's that's brilliant for a cancer this week. Leos. Leos are either ready to like throw in the towel of something or they've recently ended a situation where just enough was enough. And in their personal or business life, their spending habits need addressing. For a Virgo, something really prominent in your life has changed and will not go back to how it was anytime soon, especially without taking some kind of decisive action. Libra this you week. Got, you nailed. You just oh. nailed. That. I'm a Virgo. You just nailed me on that one right there. You got it. 
Well, yeah. for Virgos, it's like um, usually spirituality says uh, go ahead and be patient. But for Virgos, it's the total opposite this week. It's be proactive. Mm-hmm. Make the changes. Okay. All right. Libra is a nice experience of stable emotions this week. It's nice to be a Libra this week, actually, because negative self-talk is replaced with healthy habits and quality sleep. Uh, it would be lovely to be a Libra this week, that's for sure. Scorpio. There's just not enough time for you to do all of the things that you need to do. Not enough time at all. So ask someone who is not a Gemini or a Virgo to give you a hand and help you out. <laughs> okay. Sagittarius, your energy is kind of best spent on like eliminate, eliminating waste and debt and, you know, being better with resources, especially time. And if you've just started on a new project or a career path or something like that, the next six months are just going to be putting in solid work there and development show around August for you. Capricorn. Can I guess? Capricorn, you (laughs) have worked very, very hard toward a goal, and now you must accept that you will not achieve it. Clean yourself (laughs) up, Capricorn, and start something new. Don't be a quitter. Go ahead, Charlie. What is it? (laughs) Well, there's there's definitely cleaning up there. You got that one on point. It's it's about being more under pressure than ever and under pressure to structure your time because every moment matters to a Capricorn and you're really aware of the things that disrupt your process and you just want to cut all that out, including downtime. But that might actually turn around and bite you with a heavy dose of exhaustion if you're not careful. So don't <gasps> kind of disclude personal time. <laughs> <sighs> Work like a dog, Capricorn, then get sick and it's your fault. Do you hear what that just was, Charlie? Capricorn, you need to work like a dog. And then when you get sick, it's all your fault. Yeah. Char- Don't call a Virgo, though, because he's got his own problems. Charlie, M- Max and I are going to start um, sending you some money under the table. Just lie and say <laughs> that her next week is going to be fantastic. We'll all be much e- uh, happier for it. <laughs> What, I'll, what I'll about put Aquarius? that one on the note for the next week. Yeah. Aquarius, well, Aquarius have their bills paid and things are, you know, fairly comfortable, but something is missing. So they probably want to have a little bit more fun. And if you know an Aquarius, they may make some random plans to like get outside or take a trip, even if it's just locally. And they're going to drag whoever they can along with them. Pisces. Oh, it's my husband. Pisces. Pisces. They're kind of on the massive, like this threshold of a massive life change where health is going to be a huge focus and, you know, being there, being there for everybody else. It's kind of time to be more selective. And Pisces will always, you'll always be a selfless person, but know your limits, set some boundaries and save your energy for yourself this week. Very good. Very good. So Charlie, it was so interesting about um leo so my my youngest is a leo the most organized responsible diligent student you can imagine has two part-time jobs and is an ra at school right um called me up beside herself overdrew her bank account for the very first time and could not understand why the bank are you ready this is so cute she's like if i have no money why is the bank making me give the money Oh, honey, welcome to capitalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this, this, of course, is the lesson that we all have to learn the hardest of hard way. But repeat yep. what you said was going on for Leo's right now. Leo is kind of about dealing with bad spending habits in personal and business, but also having to throw in the towel on something and knowing yep. about when enough is enough. Yup, that could not be Which we could perfect. all probably do. Sometimes, That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, Charlie, thank you. We'll get this all posted up. 
yes. on the uh, Bob and Sherry Facebook and at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Straight ahead, we're going to play the box office game. It's Bob and Sherry. How would you like to go to Florida? Wouldn't that be great? And go with your best friend. It could be your husband, your wife. could be a sibling or it could be just somebody you grew up with and the two of you are going to go to Florida. You're going to have a great time. St. Pete Beach. Stay at the Don Cesar Hotel, which is fabulous. You're going to have a dinner cruise on the Yacht Starship Cruises, Dolly Museum tickets, Clearwater Marine Aquarium tickets, and also round-trip airfare for you and your best friend. That's right, right into Tampa. And on top of that, all a mid-sized rental vehicle, rental vehicle for you. All you got to do is go to BobAndSherry.com and get lucky. It was a headline in the New York Times. I think it was the entertainment section that said uh, hip hop is now 50 years old and dominates uh, music today. So uh, there are some people listening right now of a certain age, their heads just blew up. And there are other people that would say, damn right. Yeah, that's my music. But anyway, it is the dominant pop music that is being uh, sold and played in, uh, in many circles in America. And, and that's fine. Um, what really is interesting to me is that baby boomer music obviously is not. And yet it is the king of television commercials. And the best example I can give you right now is for the weight loss drug Ozempic. And you listen to the ads. I didn't even know what that, what that drug was. Until I started, you know, seeing more and more stories about it and people embracing it more and more. And I don't want to get into a controversy with it. But the song goes, oh, 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 Ozemptic, Ozemptic. Um, and we've all heard it. But it's based on a song that was a hit, I guess, back in the 1970s by a band nobody's ever heard of called Pilot. And this is a little clip of it here. I'm wondering who the person is who wrote that song, and they're probably in their 70s or 80s right now. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, they are getting mailbox money like they haven't seen maybe ever. Because every time that ad runs, they get paid. It might be a little bit, but the, but the uh, tonnage. Whoever wrote that song is making a lot of money. Not the singers, because they recut it with a studio band for the, uh, for the drug. But uh, the guy who wrote it or the woman who wrote it, they are really rolling in the money. And speaking of rolling, I was on the air saying I was so ticked off that the Rolling Stones song, Start Me Up, was being used by Applebee's for getting the weekend going. I went, well, that's the end of rock and roll uh, permanently. If Applebee's is now co-opting a Rolling Stones song. And then the worst came over the weekend when I was watching TV. This is a song from Easy Rider, which is a counterculture movie way back. And you hear it all the time. I'm going to let's play a little bit of it. And I'm going to tell you what it's being used for with an ad. What product do you think they're using this with now, Chef? 
Born to be what? If it's a laxative, I'm gonna have something. <laughs> it's not a laxative. You know what it is? Pampers. And they have shots of kids running around the house. <laughs> Born to be wild. It's it's that is the end of rock and roll, right there. It does not exist anymore. When the Stones are selling Applebee's, and uh, Steppenwolf is uh, Born to Be Wild is selling uh, Pampers. I'm I'm cashing out. Forget it. <laughs> well, they've totally. You totally know what sold though? It, no, there's one. There's one step where it would have been worse. Um, it's kind of funny to picture little babies like just learning doing the Frankenstein walk, being born to be wild in their Pampers. I agree. I agree. Adult diapers. Now that's a sellout. For, no, um, no, no, no. This no. is. I can. I can allow. I can let this one go. I can. I can let this pass. I, I see what you mean because they are kind of cute and all, but it's just, it's the product. If it, if it was another baby product, I don't know, little baby shoes or clothing so, or something and they're running around. Okay. It's Pampers. Let, let me it's ask you, is it, is it, so is it because everybody knows the song or so many um, boomers are having their children come back home that have children and they're trying to sell them to the grandparents who are now taking care of these children? You, you see what I mean? I, I can I mean, see how that would this be. Stuff, this stuff yeah. is never done without being heavily researched. They don't just randomly do oh, stuff. Oh, I know. No, I totally agree. And it all works. That Osempic uh, ad, it totally works. It gets in your head. It's a great hook. It's just that, you know, if you were a kid and, you know, those songs meant something to you and now they're selling diapers. I don't know. It's like it's like there's they're stealing part of your past, you know, you know and you know, selling it. Sting out. did that. I think it was Fields of Gold was the song, but he had it on a car commercial when he released it as a single, and people discovered that song from the commercial. Really? Yes. I'll be I'll be watching you. Is is for a uh, computer program that uh, keeps your computer safe. They use they use this thing song. Every, I'll be watching you. Yeah, the, the the police song. Yeah, the police song. Right, exactly. So anyway, it's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The oddcast, oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. I don't watch Saturday Night Live every week, but every once in a while, if we've been out and I, you know, want to uh, just take a little time before I go to bed, I'll watch it. And I watched it last week, and the host was uh, Woody Harrelson. And all during the week after it ran, people were saying, could you believe that was the worst? That was the worst guest ever. It was the worst opening uh, monologue ever. And I did not think it was that bad. Now, he was a little loopy here and there. But people were saying he was stoned out of his mind because he was talking about, you know, smoking weed, especially in New York City. And some of it did not really connect. It, w- it was a little bizarre. But he got some of the jokes off, and, you know, I was I was okay with it. But you know what I noticed? I'm watching one of the sketches that he's in. <laughs> and you can tell he's reading right off of the cards. He has not memorized whatever the... Uh, whatever the bit is that has been going on with Saturday Night Live since the beginning of Saturday Night Live and I always thought it was strange are you telling me you know you're going to be in two sketches you can't memorize that you memorize your stuff in movies or if you're a stand-up you memorize your stand-up 
I know that they sometimes are writing right up to the time that they go on air. It just is so awkward to watch. Do, do you know what I mean? The look of whoever the performer is, and sometimes it's one of the regulars. Some of them are so, some actors are so good at reading the cue cards that you can't tell. I'll tell you who's the best at it. It's Melissa McCarthy. I'm not even, I think she just makes it up as she goes and the rest of the cast falls in. (laughs) I'll say this. They put those shows up very quickly. Right. I mentioned that. And in fact, they'll have sketches that they'll rehearse and think are going to happen and get cut at the last minute too. So it's a... It's a crazy thing to put on one of those shows. I agree. I'm just, after all these years, there's not been anything that has been invented where they can see the words and they're more than just, I mean, they're literally reading cards. They're literally reading cards. I was just, I was just surprised. But I have to say, I enjoyed the show. I know people beat up on Saturday Night Live, but uh, I had a good time. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.